Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Black College Sports and Education Weekly Podcast. My name is Jayla Thornton, your host. This program, we impact students, athletes, their families, and supporters with vital tools and information that will impact their decisions on educational opportunities and careers. Our guest today is Dr. Anthony Holloman, Vice President for University Advancement, Athletic Director, and Executive Director of the Fort Valley State University Foundation. I'm so glad to have you here today, Dr. Holloman. How are you today? I'm doing well, and thank you for having me. No problem. So I would love to hear about your HBCU experience. So I am a graduate of Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I played football. I ran track. I was a RA. I was a member um, of the Board of Trustees as a student, and I joined the uh, fraternity uh, Kappa Alpha Psi. So I had an unbelievable uh, college experience as an undergraduate, attending uh, one of the nation's oldest HBCUs. Uh, that was the foundation uh, that has led me to this point in my career. So I know you said that you played some sports. I was wondering, is there anything that you learned from sports that you was able to take to your profession today? So playing uh, college football um, in the CIAA at what I would call uh, underfunded program where uh, we were not one of the programs that offered as many scholarships as allowable by the NCAA. Uh, so we had a, a group of uh, young men uh, who came together because they had a passion to play football. And so, you know, you as a student athlete can understand that the competition uh, is what drives you. I was a uh, four-year starter. I was a black college freshman All-American, uh, all-conference uh rookie player, and so I really uh, use football as a way to create opportunities for myself. I realized that the opportunities to play professionally um, were slim, and so I took every chance I had to get to learn what was going on around me. I spent a lot of time with the sports information director understanding exactly how he was promoting uh, myself and the other players on the team. I understood that uh, you had to stand out in order to be recognized. I was fortunate mm -hmm. enough to be named uh, preseason all-conference in 1990. And so I understood that that would allow me to have other opportunities because when you are – uh, one of the top players on your team, your coach typically takes you to the uh, roundups before the start of the season, and you're given a chance to speak on behalf of your teammates. And so that prepares you for the life after college. And so those experiences has helped me along with uh, the, the challenges and the ups and downs that come with being a college athlete trying to balance uh, athletics and academics. That is a great point. I was going to ask you as well, 
Um, did you find it any time very challenging trying to balance academics and athletics? And is there any advice would you give to any student athlete that may be listening? So one of the things that now I look back on my time and say, you know, as a, a student, because you're a student first, you know, there are 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. Um, you're going to hopefully sleep eight hours a day. You're going to go to class three to five hours a day. Um, and then you're going to put 20 hours in a week that's allowable by the NCAA in practice. That's not okay. counting additional meetings that you'll attend, travel to games. So you have to learn how to balance uh, your time and your priorities. One mm -hmm. of the things that I heard Charles Barkley say a long time ago is do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And yep. so I think if young people will just look at that as a way to determine what your priorities are, then it will help you um, when you start to feel overwhelmed because it can be overwhelming if you are playing a collegiate sport and you're playing at Division One level um, where there are great expectations. And so I just think that we have to realize that we come to college to get educated so that we can create opportunities for us that will last us a lifetime. And playing sports uh, is a privilege. It's not a right. And so when you accept those scholarships, that means you have a responsibility to be a student, to represent your institution, and then to excel to the best of your abilities on the playing field of courts. And so if it requires you not socializing or interacting uh, with your friends and classmates, then you just have to focus and do the things you have to do because we're all running a race. Okay. And so in the race of life, you have to figure out what your pace is and to go at your pace. And so... I always was able to balance my priorities that I needed to be a really good student in order that, one, my parents would not make me come back home, and two, <laughs> that I could continue uh, to have the privilege of playing intercollegiate athletics. If you were attending so many historical black colleges as well as universities, do you feel this journey has prepared you for all your responsibilities that you have now at Fort Valley State? You know, I will tell you that our nation's historically black colleges and universities have always done a great job of preparing uh, people like myself. I was a first-generation college student. And the mm -hmm. nurturing environment of an HBCU helped me gain the confidence that to believe that I could be successful no matter who I was competing against. And it's so I think what the, the HBCUs have done such a good job of is taking you from where you're at and getting you prepared for where you want to go. And so I love the fact that I get a chance to serve in 
multiple capacities at Fort Valley State University. Fort Valley State is my ninth HBCU across seven states, and it's been a 21-year journey uh, that I wouldn't change uh, anything. I know you said you this would be your Fort Valley State is your ninth. Do you feel there's a difference between any universities, or do you feel that they're very similar? So I think all of the universities, all the HBCUs have similarities, but I think there's great differences in the fact of uh, where you're located at. You know, I've had the opportunity to work in South Carolina, North Carolina, Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, and now Georgia. And so in working in different states, you know, I found that there are um, different kinds of things that are important relative to where you're at. But the one thing I will say is the stories are the same. You know, as a fundraiser, I spend lots of time with alums from the different institutions that I work for, and they all have a great passion for their institution and how their institution prepared them uh, to make it better for their families and do it generationally. So I think that HBCUs have a, a great role in our society, as you can see with Howard alumna, um, the Honorable Kamala Harris, uh, being nominated to serve as Vice President of the United States. I think that is indicative of the caliber and quality of our graduates. And so now to see someone ascend to that level, to have a national platform, I think that will bring even more positive attention to the value of the nation's HBCUs. I also wanted to say congratulations because I know you just completed your doctorate. I would love to hear about your journey of furthering your education. So one of the interesting things along my path was as a first-generation college student, the one thing when I left home that my parents shared with me was if I didn't go and complete my bachelor's degree that I would be coming back home to South Carolina where my family owned a farm, and that didn't seem appealing. So I went to school, and I graduated in nine semesters. And so not understanding that today a bachelor's degree does not guarantee you a middle-class life. Mm -hmm. So it took me several years before I realized I need to go back and get additional training. And so I went back to school and got a, man, a master's in sports studies because I've always had a passion uh, for sports. I was trying to determine whether I wanted to transition from uh, fundraising into athletics. Well, at that point, I realized that to get to the ultimate, that I was going to have to earn a terminal degree. And so I started my uh, journey towards my doctorate at the University of Pennsylvania. And so I went into an executive uh, program where it was a rigorous two years of study towards the doctorate. 
Well, I got to a point where I wasn't going to complete that program at the University of Pennsylvania, and so it took me a year or two to um, get my uh, bearings and decide that I needed to complete that doctorate program if I ever wanted to ascend to the college presidency. And so I was able to get back into a program at Gwyneth Mercy University in Pennsylvania as an ABD student, all but dissertation. And so my study was the perceptions of effective leadership by current and former presidents of historically black colleges and universities. And so I was able to defend my dissertation and complete my program uh, this summer. And my study was designed to create a roadmap for persons like myself who aspire to be a president of the HBCU. And so I think I was passionate about the topic, and even though it took me longer than I would have liked to complete the journey, I think I know more about uh, HBCUs and leadership and what it takes in order to move our institutions forward. And so I'm thankful um, that I learned at Johnson C. Smith that um, you have to be focused and work hard in order to get to the destination you're trying to get to. If you are just tuning in, we are talking with Dr. Anthony Holloman, Vice President for University Advancement and Athletics Director and Executive Director of the Fort Valley State University Foundation. So, Dr. Holloman, I also know that Fort Valley State sports history, especially in football and men and women's basketball, has been among the best in the SIAC and the NCAA Division II, but has also faced some challenges as most HBCU small programs. So, as the AD, how has your school made preparations for the upcoming season during this pandemic? So, one of the things that has been critical to the long-term stability of the program at Fort Valley State is to make the most of the resources that you have. We presently fund our athletic program through student fees and whatever we generate in fundraising and sponsorships. So we don't give the full 36 scholarships for football at the Division II level, but we've won a championship in the past four years and we played for another one. And last year we had a six-game winning streak. So we feel like we have a strong foundation for our football program. And so what we tried to focus on is to prepare our young people to be students first, work towards degree, while actually using this opportunity to learn the game better, to be um, mentally prepared because we spent a lot of time on Zoom, uh, but now that we have our students back on campus, we're in the midst of our skill development. Uh, they're working out in the weight room. Uh, and these activities are, are student-led. We have a leadership council, and those individuals have taken it upon themselves to organize uh, these workouts. And so I've been very pleased with the progress that we've made. Now, one of the important things for us is to – start to assess the health of our student-athletes. And so we have um, stations, digital uh, temperature stations where we can actually um, do facial recognition 
to monitor our student-athletes to see what their temperatures are. We are part of an initiative with Testing for America where we'll be able to test our our student-athletes and our entire campus on a weekly basis. So what we want to do is to gather as much information as we can uh, about our student-athletes and monitor it so that when we are able to come together in an organized manner, we can better manage uh, COVID and how uh, our student-athletes are uh, adjusting so we can ensure to minimize the risks associated uh, with sports in a COVID environment. Um, as an AD, are you nervous about if competition starts back up as planned? I am. You know, my first responsibility uh, is to the student athletes and to the families that entrust their young people uh, with myself and the coaches in the athletic department. But one of the things that we will do at Fort Valley State is we'll prioritize health and safety. So we won't compete until it's safe to do so. I know a lot of the uh, Division One schools and the Power Five conferences are having um, lots of dialogue, and it's healthy because I know every kid or young person wants to play. I would love to have football going on or women's volleyball or track and field and cross country, but at this particular time, we cannot safely uh, – reintegrate those sports to our, our campus community. I also wanted to say that our program, the Black College of Sports and Education Foundation, sponsors a very impactful program called the Comprehensive Preparation Assistance Program, is known as CPAP, okay. and it serves as a support for underserved students and athletes. And its goal is to support the recruiting and promotions of schools um, I wanted to ask you, would a program like this be an asset to your recruitment effort at Fort Valley State? Absolutely, because as we talked about a little earlier, we are an underfunded program, and so we count on um, people identifying potential student-athletes that would be a good fit for our institution. And so any organization that, empowers young people and helps uh, identify students and pair them with opportunities, um, I think is very positive, but most importantly would be a resource that Fort Valley State would welcome, you know, to have any access to because we are a student-centered uh, institution we want to compete at the highest level of NCAA Division II athletics. But more importantly, we want to prepare young people to compete in a global society so that they'll be in a position to make an impact within their local communities. Dr. Holloman, you have so much experience pertaining to HBCUs. So I definitely want you to tell our listeners and also the youth and their parents listening about the importance of attending an HBCU? So I think for anybody under the sound of my voice, 
should know that the nation's HBCUs enroll only 3% of African-American students but produce 20% of African-American graduates. Uh, The majority of African-Americans who earn PhDs or have degrees in science, technology, engineering, or mathematics graduate from the nation's HBCUs. So the the nation's HBCUs have always provided a foundation and helped create the African-American middle class. And I believe at this particular time um, in our society, education has always been a panacea to societal ills. And HBCUs have always been at the forefront of that. And so I believe that you can get to any place you want to go from one of our institutions. And so I'm excited to see that Howard has signed uh, McDonald's All-American as a part of his upcoming basketball recruiting class, and other young people are starting to look at our institutions as viable options for them to continue their athletic careers because we've always attracted the best and brightest. I think one of the things the HBCUs do better than most is they take the student who's the diamond in the rough and they get him prepared, get him or her prepared, and polish him up. And so we will yep. take you from whatever state you come to us in and prepare you to go out and make a difference. And so my HBCU experience uh, is a testament to that. I have a daughter who is a graduate of three HBCUs who has a Ph.D. from Jackson State University, I have a son that uh, was a student athlete at Clark Atlanta playing football and baseball, and he's about to earn a Ph.D. from Tuskegee University in material science and engineering. And uh, my wife also has, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And my wife is also a graduate of three HBCUs. Um, Okay, yeah. So y'all know what y'all talking about. Mm -hmm. That's it. We believe in HBCUs, and we are, my family is a a testament uh, to the value of our institution. Well, I've had a great time having you here, Dr. Harleman. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. But I want to thank you for engaging with us and your very insightful story about the HBCU experience. Even me talking to you, I know I learned a lot. And I can definitely relate to you because I currently attend the HBCU, which is Howard. Um, you are an ideal spokesperson and a role model, and I hope that you will consider coming back with us. And I would love to continue this conversation. Well, thank you for having me, and I applaud you um, for balancing athletics, academics, while you know hosting uh, this podcast to provide information uh, for your peers. And so good luck in your future endeavors. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Catch us on your favorite social media platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to visit our website, Black College Sports and Education Foundation.com 
at www.bcssportsfoundation.com or catch us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, LinkedIn, and other major social media platforms. Contact us at ed.j.hayes at gmail.com if you'd like to share your views on the BCSEF weekly podcast. Until next week, be safe, be blessed, and don't forget to vote.